A successful person is no different than anyone else, except they have an extra amount of determination. Mm -hmm. And so kids are going to face challenges. They may get a low test score. They may strike out in Little League. But parents need to believe in their child and reframe that adversity and say, well, this is just a new beginning. That's Dr. Randy Schrader, our guest today on Focus on the Family, talking about how to integrate some great habits into your parenting. Thanks for joining us. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. John, isn't it true that in the parenting journey, there's those picture perfect moments when things are going well and you're patting yourself on the back and your spouse on the back saying, we are so good at this. <laughs> and then there's all the other moments yeah. where, you know, it's reality and you're saying, what am I doing? Am I doing harm? Why did I say that? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just so much the parenting story. And today we're going to talk with our guest about those core things that you need to do as a parent. Uh, to really help that child grow up healthy. And I think, you know, when you look at it, for Gene and I, it's are we being too passive? Are we being too strict? All those kinds of questions. And today we're going to answer those with our guests. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Uh, Dr. Randy Schrader is a marriage and family counselor, a pastor, and a former seminary professor of pastoral counseling. Uh, he and his wife, Jenny, have been married for 47 years. They have two married sons, six grandchildren, and... Uh, Randy has a great passion, and you'll hear more about that as we explore one of his great books. It's called Simple Habits for Effective Parenting, Specific Skills and Tools that Achieve Extraordinary Results in Raising a Child. And stop by our website for your copy of the book. The link is in the show notes, or call 800-the-letter-A-in-the-word-family. Randy, welcome back to Focus. Well, thank you for having me back. I appreciate you and Focus <laughs> on the Family, helping marriages, parents, and families thrive in Christ. That's great. You've read it. Yeah, I've read that. <laughs> that's we, our mission we statement. We do try that's to do that mission every statement. day. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> thank you for the uh, homework you've done. <laughs> you're, you're very welcome. <laughs> hey, uh, on that kind of uh, opening that we talked about there, Somebody once said to me, you know, parenting is so hard. God had two children, Adam and Eve, and they did, they kind of took the wrong steps. I mean, that's kind of fascinating to think about, right? Well, it, parenting can be a challenge. And yet I think if we have uh, the right skills and the right words and actions and knowledge, uh, parenting can be uh, less stressful. And parents can effectively lead and guide their kids uh, to being re confident, capable, responsible, godly decision makers. You know, Randy, one of the things that we hear here at Focus is the parents apply the formula, you know, do these things, and then we hear where it didn't turn out so well. I think that's in the minority of circumstances. But speak right at the front here. Let's talk about these ideas, which I think, you know, our listeners, our viewers have really responded to your content. It's straightforward. I love the relational aspect of what you talk about, maintain that relationship. We're going to get into all of that. But right at the forefront here, that idea that if I do A, B, and C, then I get D. It doesn't always work that way, does it? That is so correct, Judd, because uh, we can't control outcomes. All we can do is influence our kids' hearts. Parents can influence a heart to help a youngster uh, learn obedience and to learn good decision-making skills. And then hopefully that will translate into good decision-making when they're 
uh, throughout their uh, formative years with their parents, and even more importantly, from the ages of 18 to 100 as adults, they'll be good decision makers. But you're right, we cannot control the outcome. And, and on the opposite side of that, it doesn't give parents a free pass to be lazy in their parenting. I mean, you want to lay the foundation so that they have the most predictive outcome. And, and that's the key. There's no guarantee, but if you do these things consistently, it's more likely that your child will have a healthy spiritual life uh, and life in general, right? Yes, sir, Jim, that is so true. And often parents just don't have the knowledge. I, uh, desire to be a parent uh, is great. Motivation is great. But what really makes the difference is knowing how to build a strong parent-child relationship, knowing how to lovingly, meaningfully uh, apply the rules so that a parent can ask, is this discipline decision going to help my child be a better decision maker? Uh, knowing how to help kids overcome uh, chemicals and avoid the temptations in the world. And so simple habits for effective parenting gets to specifics. It's not concepts and principles. And sadly, that's what parents are often uh, coming across, and they're not coming across specifics that can make a huge difference in the life of their child. Excellent. And we're going to start talking about the foundation building, and uh, you're doing such a good job in helping parents better understand that. Of course, you've worked with parents and their children for years as a counselor, so you bring all that experience into the discussion. Um, setting that good foundation, speak to the three qualities that you have seen are most important to strengthen your child's development. It's important, I think, uh, for a parent to think about their child at the age of 25, 35, 45, whatever. What qualities does a parent hope their child possesses at those adult ages and, and throughout their adult life? And certainly we could say the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Those are all very, very important. But what I truly think makes a difference uh, in the life of the child are three essential qualities, uh, especially in today's society. And I'm going to talk a little about each. The first is morals based on the Bible. Secondly, would be building a strong internal character within a child. And then a third is determination. And so morals based on the Bible is where it begins. Uh, in today's society, people make decisions on feelings. You know, if it feels good, I'm going to do it, even though it may go against God's word and biblical values uh, and what God wants for us. And so parents want their children to go into adult life with the absolutes of what is right, what is wrong. Uh, the Ten Commandments. Sadly, in 1980, the Ten Commandments were taken out of public schools. By, in 1980. Uh, in 1980. Yeah, the Supreme It wasn't that Court. long ago is my point. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, but parents need to not take uh, that for granted, and especially in today's society, strengthen a child's faith in Christ and strengthen morals based on the Bible. Let me interject there, and then we'll go to the next two. But, you know, in the culture, if uh, the listeners and the viewers' kids are going to public school, and even in some Christian schools, mm -hmm. they're going to get pushback amongst their peers if they say, well, I don't believe in this because the Bible says that. How do we strengthen them in that particular area to be committed to those compass principles that are eternal, that we believe as Christians, that God gave us, that are immovable. You're not, it's like gravity. This is just the way it is. A, a tough question to answer. And, yeah. and I think kids just have to come back, and parents too, that we believe firmly in God's word 
and God's Word is the Bible, and therefore we're going to live by the biblical standards of the Bible. And we're not going to... Uh, people today want to say, uh, here's my feelings. God, you conform to my feelings. And I think... That's par- so true. Parents need uh. to say, uh, no, God has set the standard, and we're going to conform to God's Word and that standard, and that's what parents... Uh, need to convey to their kids. But I'm telling you right now, with my boys just tipping into their early 20s, those are great discussions with your teenagers. Oh, I sure. Mean, crack that discussion open because they're capable of talking to you about that dynamic. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that we believe this and therefore we act like this. And it's just, it, just go head into it. Don't, don't uh, shrink back would be my encouragement. Totally Even as a you. 13, 14, 15-year-old. Um, let's move to the second one, character. I love that one. Well, and, and kids need a strong internal character. And that uh, goes back to the morals based on the Bible. That's strengthening uh, their belief in those values. Kind of to your earlier question, Jim. So that uh, character is the external actions of what a person believes on the inside. Uh, and people with character, make responsible, godly decisions. And so parents need to work hard to talk about values at mealtimes, as you just said, you know, discussing with your sons, uh, and, and make sure that that character is strong so then there are external actions with kids at school and in society uh, are in alignment with God's Word. That is so, so good. Character, too, I mean, when you look at the bedrock of character, what do you think that is? I mean, what... What is the core thing in developing character? Obviously, introducing them to the truth of God's Word. I get that. Mm-hmm. But is what's that element in the human experience that provides the best garden to grow character? I, I think it comes back uh, to parents and, and what uh, example is not the best teacher. Example is the only teacher. Mm-hmm. And So we as parents have to live it. Parents have to live that character, and more things are caught than taught. So a parent can talk about character, but it's going to be their example. It's going to be kids catching uh, a parent's character and integrity and seeing that parents are doing what's right in God's eyes. They're not doing what's right in the world's eyes. And and so then kids will absorb that. That's really good. And again, it's not that complicated. I mean, it, it may be hard to do, but it's not complicated. No, parents just, <laughs> parents need to recognize kids are emotional sponges, and they breathe in the family air. And so they're going to breathe in a parent's character. That's really good. Okay, third is determination. That that one is significant. Everyone in life has setbacks, adversity. It just happens. Uh, My synonym for determination is positive attitude. Someone with a positive attitude is determined. Someone who's determined has a positive attitude. I don't know you two men, Jim and John, personally, and yet I can guarantee you, the two of you, myself, we have been knocked down. We've had setbacks in our lives. We've had many unfair things happen in our lives, and yet we need to be men of bounce and bounce back up and and stay determined. Uh, A successful person is no different than anyone else, except they have an extra amount of determination. And so kids are going to face challenges. They may get a low test score. They may strike out in Little League. Uh, Whatever it is, kids are going to have adversity, just as the three of us had adversity in every person in life. But parents need to 
believe in their child and reframe that adversity and say, well, this is just a new beginning. We're going to have a fresh start here. Next time you're going to do better on that quiz. And, and, and this is an opportunity to, uh, to work hard and to succeed and have that persistent effort. And parents then can also say, uh, you know, I believe in you. I've got confidence in you that you're going to stay determined. You're not going to give up. Uh, that is just so essential. And those are three, again, good, basic, foundational truths about building into your child, that morals based on the Bible, character, determination. Uh, moving forward, you speak to mutual respect and the importance of that as a parent with your relationship with your child. Um, some might say, and I would imagine as a counselor, you see this pretty consistently. This might be probably the biggest, would be my assumption, the biggest reason there's disruption in the parent-child relationship. The lack of mutual respect and dialogue and, and kids jump on that, respond to it out of their emotional tank, and parents do too. And I'm guilty of it. I mean, there were times, and our oldest was a very strong-willed child, and mm -hmm. so he was able to lasso me often and get me down into that <laughs> argument, you know, where I had to shake it off and go, what am I doing? Uh -huh. Arguing with my nine-year-old. <laughs> but speak to that mutual respect and the importance of it. Well, I think, and, you're, and Jim, there are no perfect parents, of course, and there's no perfect kids. Thanks for repeating all, that. You've got to always, always keep that in mind. Yeah. Say it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what does Matthew 7 say? Treat others as you want to be treated. And, and yet does I, that think, include I think your kids? I think a lot, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think a lot, of, a, a lot of times yeah. parents can think, well, my children need to respect me, but I don't really always have to respect them. And that's not true. And, and a child treated with disrespect often misbehaves. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's just interesting that parents that are disrespecting their kids, uh, being sarcastic, putting them down, uh, not listening well, uh, breaking their promises. Uh, when respect is not there, then kids misbehave. And yet mutual respect, like you said, Jim, is critical for kids to trust their parents. When a child has respect for their parent, they trust that their parent has their best interest at heart. And, that, and then that causes a child to listen that, hey, my dad and mom have my best interest at heart. I respect them. That is so good. There's a news commentator, opinion guy, who said this uh, one time, and I caught it because I thought it was so profound. He said, you know, it's come down to where half the country love their dads, the other half hate their dads. Mm. Isn't that a, an amazing insight? Because what you're describing is if that kind of relationship does not exist in childhood, when they're young adults, they're typically bringing into that experience a lot of baggage. Yes, sir. That's of, so true. You know, oh, yeah. lack of respect for authority, uh, you know, just all those things that can work against a person having a healthy attitude about life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that is true. Right. And a child's picture of our Heavenly Father is their picture of their dad often. And so, uh, and it begins again with mutual respect. Mm. Randy, you mentioned um, avoiding parenting extremes, and I think it's really important to cover this because uh, this, too, is so core to our experience as parents. You say that you don't want to be that controlling or overprotective or permissive parent, so hit those three quickly. Well, the, the, uh, and let me just start out by saying the Bible says, children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. So, Christian parents want to seek obedience because that leads to good decision-making. And yet, loving Christian parents can fall into these extremes. 
uh, of controlling, wanting to control every aspect of a child's life. And controlling parents often are loving, but they're focused on short-term behavior. Can I, let me interject. I'm hearing mom go, but Randy, do you know the culture they're in? I have to control things because I need to protect them. And, and that's mm. that's the second extreme, being overprotective. But, <laughs> okay. but yeah, no, par- parents think that that's the case. And, uh, and the thing is, when parents control their children, those kids often do not become good decision makers. Because they it, don't it, grow up. Yes, sir, you're right. They don't grow up. They don't uh, increase their self-confidence. They don't believe they're capable. They think, you know, I'm, I'm kind of incompetent. And so it's extremely important for parents to seek obedience and good decision making, not try to control every aspect of a child's life. Can I ask you this, just so parents have a sense of self-awareness, because I'm not sure that we do. And Gene and I, sometimes we're over-controlling. It's, you know, you're bouncing along a, a perfect line and you're not always on that line. So you've got to be able to have some self reflective ability to say, okay, that I was not in the right spot at that moment. For that parent that may not see that they're controlling, what would be that environment? What would it look like where you have to take the self-assessment to say, okay, I'm, I'm not in a healthy place with this? Well, I, th- I think they're probably doing too much talking, and we may talk a little about that later, yeah, and too much directing of the child. And I, I think ki- uh, parents need to be like Jesus. Jesus has 307 questions in the Bible, Socrates the Socratic method is asking questions. I, and so I think rather than parents wanting to control and just direct this and direct that, they need to let their child speak out loud what they are thinking. And then if it's not healthy, then parents can kind of redirect them. All right. Then overprotective, just a quick description. Overprotective is just thinking that a, a parent needs to protect a child from the physical bumps and bruises in life, and even the emotional bumps and bruises in life. And they rush in right away. When a youngster falls down and overprotective, parent rushes in right away to take care of that child. And, and they need to let the child handle that bump and bruise on their own. That strengthens them. Yeah, it's so, so good. You also have the amazing A's. I want to cover this basic stuff, then the rest of today and next time, uh, we're going to get into more depth here. What are the amazing A's? Well, the, the first one is acceptance. Kids need unconditional love. And that's what acceptance is. Uh, God says to every Christian person, I love you and I will always love you. And sometimes I don't, or I don't approve of your sinful thoughts, words, and actions. And likewise, a parent needs to use, I say, run on sentences and use that word and and say, I love you and I'll always love you. And I don't approve of your missteps or your mistakes. So that a kid, a youngster knows that mom and dad love me. They want have my best interest at heart. They want me to become confident, a good decision maker. Uh, and then another A uh, is attention. Kids need attention from mom and dad. And that's just not being in the home. So many dads, especially, but could be moms, think if I'm in physical proximity with my child, I'm giving them attention. Check that box. Check that box. No, it has to be the eyes are windows to the heart. It needs to be looking into a child's eyes, uh, having dialogue, encouraging a child. Uh, Another A that's so very important is appreciation. Uh, and, and telling a child, we may talk a little more about that later, but uh, what they appreciate the, uh, about the child. Thank you, I define as gratitude. Good to tell a child, thank you for doing this, thank you for saying that. It's even more important to say, I appreciate. Mm-hmm. And then affection. 
Affection is absolutely huge. And parents need to think of affection as verbal and physical affection. Mm. That is what makes a huge difference. It's not 70% of adults I've counseled uh, have told me that they did not receive both verbal and physical love from their parents growing up. Yeah. I, you know, that idea of that uh, physical expression is so critical. Oh, it's huge. And I really want to hit that because I think sometimes parents pull back, especially as the children get older. Yes, sir. And my, my oldest, he just, he didn't know how to hug. He was like a piece of cardboard. And I, I actually did teach him how to hug. Good you know, for you. That's you terrific. That's and he's terrific. a great hugger today. That's terrific. But, um, but describe, I think you had a conversation with a father whose son was shoplifting or something like that. And yes, how did sir. that expression of affection change his attitude, the son's? It, it was absolutely an amazing story. Uh, it was sadly a divorce, and the mom had custody of the two boys. And the 13-year-old had an older brother. Both the boys were getting in trouble with the law. They were having behavioral issues at school. They weren't getting good grades. They were struggling there. They did not have healthy friendships. And the older son actually then started doing cocaine. Mm -hmm. And the mom said, you know, I'm not doing the job. I'm going to give the 13-year-old to our son's dad and see if he can turn him around. Well, the 13-year-old came to live with dad the last Friday of May. Sunday, the 13-year-old stole a bicycle in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Two days so he later. he was on that well, bad track yeah, he's, well. he, he wasn't off the bad track yet. Well, the dad immediately called me, and I met with the dad and the son. And I actually, going back to that appreciation, I had the dad give the son a big compliment to start the session, to say, I appreciate this about you. And then I met with dad privately, and I asked dad to go for a walk every single day throughout this summer when his son was not in school, and mentally keep track, touch your son 12 times every time you go around the block lovingly squeeze his arm, pat him on the back, tussle his hair, give him a half hug when you're walking, and also give him an appreciation vitamin. By the end of the summer, that young man had become a responsible decision maker. Now, what, did he what, still make mistakes? Yeah, yeah. sure, but, but explain from a counselor's perspective what, what changed in the young man's heart. Well, and I don't want parents to think that, oh my goodness, Dr. Schrader just said, all I have to do is give a lot of touch to my youngster, and they're going to be good decision makers. It's more than touch. But touch, what's the old cliche, is worth a thousand words. Well, it opens the and window of the it, heart. It does. And we think about Jesus in the Bible. 22 times when Jesus healed people, he touched them to show us the importance of touch. Now, could Jesus have healed them without touch? Well, certainly. He's God. But Jesus touched them. And so I think that touch emotionally bonds a parent and child together. And, and, and I tell you, I saw the dad. And the other thing, I went over the simple yet very effective habits, this knowledge, not concepts and principles, in, in Simple Habits for Effective Parenting book. And I went over that with this dad, and he started applying that with his son, learning how to lovingly set limits and apply discipline and lovingly how to build a strong parent-child relationship and everything else, and it just turned that young man's life around. Now, it's so good. And again, we're laying foundations that are predictive outcomes, but not guaranteed outcomes. Exactly. Just to repeat exactly. what we said at the beginning. Yes, sir. Randy, this has been so good, and we got more to cover, so let's come back next time and dig a little deeper into this whole area. But I know parents are going to be 
profoundly helped in this way. And this is all Bible-based material. I mean, you're not making this up out of thin air. These are things that you've put together as a counselor trained in that area and the biblical perspective on how to apply those great truths that the Lord has given us. And I love it, even with, uh, you know, kids in their 20s right now, thinking back, yeah, we did that pretty well. We could have done that better. But one thing that Gene and I always say to each other is, I just wish we had more information back when. And so for the back when parents, when you have kids that are five, six, seven years old, man, is this material ripe for you. And if you're the grandparent listening or watching today, get this resource for your adult kids and talk to them about it. Send them a copy of the broadcast as well. But uh, thank you, Randy, for being with us. Thank you very much for having me. And I want your listeners to know as well, my wife and I made mistakes. Really? We, we (laughs) We did not do it. You use that dirty word perfectly. All yeah. parents make mistakes. All so healthy Christian parents have regrets. And yet, when we have the knowledge, specifics, not concepts and principles, it can make a huge difference. Well, you know, one, one way to kick off that journey is an assessment that we have on our website called Seven Traits of Effective Parenting. It takes a few minutes to do it, and it will point out some of those areas where you're really doing it well and some areas to improve in. Yeah, a lot of people have found that to be a really helpful free assessment. And then we have Dr. Schrader's great book, Simple Habits for Effective Parenting, uh, right here at Focus on the Family. And you know, the great thing about getting it from us, uh, those proceeds go right back into ministry. We're not paying shareholders. I know it's an easy one-button click, but let's do ministry together. As we approach the holidays, it's more important than ever to share the hope that Jesus Christ came to give us all with overwhelming inflation and high costs for food and fuel and political turmoil and continued health concerns. Families are struggling. Yeah, this is a tough time of year for so many people. There are couples... Uh, heading for divorce. They don't see any way out. Parents who are just stressed um, so much. There are moms considering abortion and so many others who are really seeking help. Thousands of people reach out to focus on the family by mail, by phone, by email, looking for answers. They do, and we want them and you to continue to make that contact with us. That's why we're here. And this time of year is also an opportunity to come alongside those facing challenges and give families hope. Through your support, a focus on the family. Your prayers and financial gifts provide scripture-based resources and programs to help save and strengthen families. When you donate today, a gift of any amount will send you a copy of Dr. Randy's book, Simple Habits for Effective Parenting, as our way of saying thank you for partnering with us in ministry. So on behalf of the families that you're going to help through Focus on the Family, let me say thank you. Donate and get your copy of Simple Habits for Effective Parenting when you call 800, the letter A in the word family, 800-232-6459 or online, and the link is in the episode notes. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller, inviting you back as we continue the conversation with Dr. Randy Schrader, and once more, help you and your family thrive in Christ.